0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Elevate. This is your host, Colin Mason, episode 74. Today is all about setbacks and not letting setbacks define you, but more importantly, letting the strength and the resilience of the comeback define you. Let's go. I want you to take a minute and think of someone who truly inspires you someone that really motivates you, someone that you look up to. It could be someone famous. It could be someone in your family. It could be an acquaintance. Um, It could be an athlete. It could be an actor, an actress. It could be a business owner, an entrepreneur. Um, It could be a politician. I want you to think of someone that truly, truly inspires you. And I want you to think about their characteristics. Who are they? What do they stand for? What are their, what are their morals, their ethics like? What is their, how, how how do they talk? How do they present themselves? And then I want you to think about why you're truly inspired by them. Like actually, like really sit down and think, why am I so inspired by this person? And I can almost guarantee you that it's not about their accomplishments, That it's not about the way that they talk or what they wear or what they have material-wise. I can almost guarantee you that this person that you've thought of is resilient and has overcome tremendous adversity in their life. Something that defines them. So I want you to think back to this person and think about what have they overcome? Why? Why am I so inspired by this person? What are the things that make this person great? And I want you to think about greatness. I want you to think about what makes someone great. What makes someone great? I'm going to list out a few people um, who, who've who inspired me. Not, not directly, but their story is just inspirational. Colonel Harlan Sanders of KFC. Michael Jordan, J.K. Rowling, Walt Disney, Russell Brunson, Henry Ford. What do these people all have in common? You might think fame, fortune, right? Huge accomplishments, best-selling books, billion-dollar brands, right? But what you don't think about is what they had to overcome to get those things. The heartbreak, the heartache, the tragedies, the adversity, the setbacks. It's the overcoming of the setbacks that really defined them. It's not their achievements. Of course, their achievements, that's what we know about them now. When you look at Michael Jordan, you just think, well, he's the arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time, right? But what you don't see is what he had to do to get there the relentless effort, the he, he got cut from his high school basketball team. And one could argue that he's a baseball player. One car, one could argue that. And so he had to make a decision, you know, am I going to play baseball or am I going to play basketball? And if you've watched the last dance uh, documentary, you get a whole glimpse of his, of his life and what he, what he was going through. And to, to have that much fame and that much attention, that many eyeballs on him, at all times, it's gotta be really hard. It's gotta be challenging. And there, he's got a great quote, and I didn't I didn't look it up before recording this episode. But it's something like he's missed, you know, ten thousand shots in his career. In fact, let me let me look it up because uh it's it's profound, it is so good. All right, I got it right here. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I've missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is the way, why I succeed. Michael Jordan is arguably one of the best basketball players of all time, but what has defined him? Is it, is it the success? Maybe. I think it's his resilience and his ability to overcome that adversity, overcome those setbacks. And so I'm going to talk about a few other people that you've probably heard of, right? Colonel Harlan Sanders, for those, for those of you who think you need to figure it out by the age of 25, Harlan Sanders didn't even become a chef until age 40. And he didn't create, he didn't franchise KFC until he was 62 years old. And he didn't really become an icon until about 75 years old. Now, am I am I suggesting you're going to achieve his level of success? No, I'm not guaranteeing that at all. But what I am trying to show you that overcoming adversity and overcoming setbacks does not come with an age. It doesn't mean overcome setbacks until you're age 40. And then by, the, by when you're 40, you can just pack it in and give up. Overcoming adversity and setbacks and making that comeback is what defines you. J.K. Rowling, she was living on welfare as a single mother. She was struggling, hardcore. She was struggling just five years, just five years before she published Harry Potter. And I'm sure you've heard of her. Russell Brunson, Walt Disney, Harry, uh, Henry Ford. All of these people have achieved extreme success, but not without a ton of failure. And so I'm going to transition because I think it's important to start with that, to talk about all of the people that we know about that have had serious success. But I want to talk about someone who I've never met, uh, but he is someone that I've connected with on uh, social media and I've been following his journey for a while now. His name is Trey Bryant. He's he's the host of Talking With Trey. You got to go look him up, YouTube. I'm going to link him, uh, his Instagram bio and YouTube page in the show notes because he's, uh, he's incredible. This is someone just like you and me. He's a young, uh, aspiring entrepreneur. Uh, he's a, a motivational speaker, but when you listen to him talk, there's a, there's a, a, a genuine honesty with what he says. And a lot about what he talks about is overcoming adversity and the setbacks. When he he was a college football player for the University of New Hampshire, and I believe he got knee surgery. He blew out his knee ACL, I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think he blew out his knee. And, you know, he talks about his journey and he talks about how he's had a ton of adversity in his life and how he will never let that define him, how he always pushes back, how he's always resilient and relentless towards pursuing the thing that he wants the most. And that's to impact people's lives. And when when I'm asked, you know, who who inspires you, right? And I, I think and I'm like, okay, you know, Russell Brunson, Colonel Sanders, Michael Jordan, yes, sure. But someone who truly inspires me is Trey. Because he is someone just like me he is someone who is consistently constantly relentlessly pursuing the things that he wants and i look up to him and i'm and i just i just get so inspired and motivated by him by his message by the way he carries himself by his content by the words that he says by the actions that he does it's not about the setback. It's about the comeback. Now, I could talk about this all day, right? Um, But is this helping you, right? Is me just giving you a bunch of people who inspire me and inspired, you know, people to go out and pursue their things? Is that going to help you? Maybe, maybe not. So let's get down to it. Let's get down to the emotions, the things that we don't necessarily talk about with these kinds of things right? Let's start talking about what we can do when that adversity strikes. What are we feeling? What, what are the action steps? What are the tactical and strategies? What are the things that we can do to overcome these, these setbacks? Because I don't, think it just, I don't think you can just put up a motivational quote and be good to go, right? There's going to be times in our life when we're going to go, I don't see a way out. I'm backed up into a corner. My relationship's a mess. My family's a mess. My finances are a mess. I have no career aspirations. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. My health and fitness has gone out the window. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't impact people, right? These are all the things that might go through your head at some point in your life. I'm too old. I'm too young. I have no experience. Adversity is going to strike at some point. Not now. Maybe not now. Later. Maybe it's right now. Maybe I'm recording this episode at just the right time for you. But I understand that adversity affects all of us. We all go through it. Sometimes huge. Sometimes it comes in, in waves that just, it just feels like you're drowning. And I feel that. So I want to talk about what I go through, the emotions I feel, how do I overcome it? How do I not let it define me? All these things that I've been talking about this whole episode. Now I'm going to get into my, my viewpoint, my opinion, my, uh, my feelings, my emotions, the things that I think can really impact you because I can I can sit here all day long and just list off people that are inspiring and just say that they've overcome it so you can too, right? But I'm not about that. I'm I'm about strategies, I'm about tactics. I'm about emotional management. I'm about overcoming these things with a plan. Not just reading a motivational quote. Number 1 Feel the emotion. I know that you're like, what? No, I don't want to feel the emotion, this negative emotion, this overwhelm, the stress, everything that comes with setbacks, everything that comes with adversity. I don't want to feel that. I want to feel happy all the time. I want to feel on fire. I want to feel super. I want to feel energized. I want to feel like I got it all figured out all the time. And so, whenever I feel this negative emotion, I just want to push it away as fast as I can and ignore it, pretend it's not there, right? And everything will be good. Wrong. Number one, feel the emotion. Don't push it away. Feel it, embrace it. Because at that time, that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna inspire you to make changes. That's what's gonna motivate you to move forward and to grow. A big, a big example for me. Um, I when i was just graduating college i was deciding what i wanted to do for a career what i wanted to do moving forward and an opportunity came up i wanted to, i wanted to coach at the college level that was my that was my dreams and aspirations at the time and so i wanted to coach at the college level i had a extensive experience with baseball and so that's kind of what i was pursuing but no opportunities seemed to ero- uh, you know come up and so i decided to transition to strength and conditioning so there was an opportunity to become a strength and conditioning coach at a college level And I sat down for the interview um, and I was offered the position. They said, Colin, you know, you're our guy. Let's do it. Let's move forward. But you have to go pass this exam. And I said, oh, pass the exam. That's not a big deal at all. Let me do it. So they handed me the book and a couple of packets. And the book was 450 pages long. It was huge, thick textbook. And they basically said, all right, you study this. Here's a couple of practice uh, tests, packets. And, uh, and good luck. You take it in about a month. And I said, okay, let's do this thing. So I sat down, opened up a fresh, a fresh pad of paper, good pen, opened up the book. I read the first three lines and I panicked. I, they said four words in those three sentences that I have never even heard of before. And I just thought to myself, oh crap what have I gotten myself into? How am I going to study and learn, memorize, apply these 450 pages of of words I've never heard of? Because a little background, I was a sport management major. I wasn't a, uh, exercise science or, um, physiology or biology or any, any of the things that, that align with strength and conditioning. And so I got through the whole book. Um, and after a month, I went and took the test and I felt good. I took the test and I said, definitely didn't crush it, but I felt good about it. And the guy handed me the piece of paper and two Fs were on both sections. I didn't pass either one. I missed one section by one point and the other section by like 23 points. And I was so shook, <laughs> um, because I worked so hard for that studying for that test. I spent so much time that month. That's all I did. I didn't work. I didn't have fun. I didn't go out. I wasn't with friends. I studied for a month. And you could say, well, you only studied for a month. How the heck could you, could you pass? Yes, but that's all I did for a month. And I really thought I was prepared. So I failed the first time. Two big Fs. And so I panicked. I called my, um, my contact at the school to tell them what happened. Um, and I knew that I could take the test again in three weeks. So I had a meeting with, with my future boss, right. Had a meeting and I basically explained like, okay, this is what I did to study. This is where I went. This is where I came up short. What can I do? And so he gave me a few pointers and a couple of tips and and told me to really focus on these chapters, blah, blah, blah. So I go back in and I have to take the full test over again. Just three weeks later, I go in, I take the test. I leave, right? I, right before I leave, right before I receive the piece of paper, I'm like, okay, I feel much better. I definitely did better that time. Definitely did better that time. And I did. So I passed that. I passed the the section that I only missed it by one point. I passed that section. I was like, yes, let's go. I went farther down the piece of paper, failed. Now, a little backstory about this. Um, He told me that if I didn't pass this time, I wouldn't be able to have the position. And so I was under the assumption that if I failed both of these, if I failed both of these uh, sections, if I failed this test, I would not become a strength and conditioning coach. And that was my whole plan. That was everything. I banked everything on passing this test. I put all my chips in the middle of the table to say, I want to be a strength and conditioning coach. And to get that piece of paper back that said that I was not good enough to do that, it broke my heart. I immediately called my mom and my mentor and just burst down crying. I've never felt that much negative emotion before. I honestly thought my life was over at that point. I've never failed the test. Um I got pretty much straight A's through high school and college. A couple of B's here, floated in here and there, but pretty much straight A's on a roll through my whole life. I'm very dedicated to my studies, very dedicated to my results and my efforts, but I failed this test, and I thought my my life is over. I don't I don't have a second plan. I don't have a backup plan. I don't have a plan B. I go all in on plan A, all in on plan A. And so I, I panicked and I called my mom and I called my mentor bawling. I don't think they understood a word I said, honestly. Um, and I don't, I don't cry very often. But I look back and I, and I look at what I did at that time. I felt every emotion. I didn't push it away. I felt the way I felt. I, I embraced it. And I said, I never want to feel this way ever again. I was sick and tired of feeling like that. And so I got on the phone with a representative with the organization. And uh, (laughs) this was after I stopped crying, trust me, I wanted to make sure I had a clear head. But, so I stopped crying, I called the representative of the organization and I said, listen, this is what happened. I failed the first time, both sections. I improved drastically in both sections. I passed one, but still failed the other, missed it by a few points. And I practically begged them. I practically begged them to allow me to take the test one more time. And at first they said, no, that that's against policy. And then when I mentioned that I wouldn't be able to get the strength and conditioning position, uh, if I didn't pass this test, they said, oh, wait, there is a possibility for you to take this test one more time. And I said, "Okay, tell me about it." And they said, "You have to take it again in two weeks, and it's only because you have a position riding on on this test to pass this test. And so I said, "Oh, thank, thank goodness, right? So I studied like crazy on just that one section. I just had to take this one section over again. And every single day when I opened up that book and opened up my my notebooks, I could feel that emotion of that negativity, of that hopelessness. And I just, every time I opened up that book, I thought about the opportunity that I had in front of me. Just two weeks prior, I thought thought my life was over. I thought I had no direction, that I was going to move back in my parents with no plan, live in the basement for the rest of my life not have a career, (laughs) nowhere to go. Just sad. But this opportunity popped up. And every single day that I sat down to study, I felt that emotion pour out of me again. Like, I never want to feel the way I felt in that parking lot. And so for the next two weeks, I studied harder and more focused with, with everything, every, I gave it everything I had to study for those two weeks. Ask anybody in my life at that point, I wasn't doing a single thing except for studying. And I went to take the test and I passed. I did it. And the feeling of joy, of relief, of victory I felt like, honestly, like I felt like Michael Jordan holding up the, the, the NBA trophy, right? Like, or, or if just think of someone who's just confetti pouring around them happy, right? But I think a lot of times people just see that in other people, right? They go on social media, they go on Facebook, they go on Instagram. And all you see is people succeeding. It's their highlight reel, right? And I don't think we get enough authenticity and honesty and realness from people on social media. Why would you? Why would you share your low points? Why would you share all the setbacks that you've had? Why would you share the adversity, the negativity? That's not something we do on social media. We share our highlight reels. But if you're listening to this, I want to tell you that that's not the case. In every single person's life, no matter who you think, no matter who you think's got a perfect life, they don't. There's crap going on in their life that they're struggling to, to, to come up with the answer with as well. It's not just you. I'm with you. I'm standing here next to you, telling you that I've, I have had a ton of adversity in my life, and I'm grateful for it, because every time I showed up to work as a strength and conditioning coach, I was so blessed for that opportunity to be there, because I felt, I felt that emotion. I I didn't push it away. I didn't pretend it wasn't there when I, when I failed those tests, I didn't pretend that everything was going to be all right. I didn't read a motivational quote and say, all right, I'm good to go now. I've overcome the adversity by reading this motivational quote. I didn't listen to a podcast and everything was fixed. But what I did is I looked inward and I felt that emotion. I looked at that emotion. I said, listen, you will not fail this test again. You will give everything you have in the next two weeks to be able to overcome that setback. And again, every time I showed up to work, every time I stepped in that weight room and I, and I had a group of uh, college athletes sitting there waiting for instructions, I gave it everything I got. Because I knew at that time that this opportunity was earned. It wasn't just given to me. That I earned the opportunity to be there. And I think sometimes we think of setbacks as this negative thing. This setbacks are are what slow you down. But I really think if you take the time and look at what a setback is, there's a great quote. It's like a setback is a setup for a comeback. Pretty sure that's how it goes. And I love that because it just goes to show that a setback doesn't define you. That a setback and adversity aren't, aren't what aren't what make you who you are. It's how you react. It's how you respond to that adversity. You know, some some crap's going to hit the fan in your life at some point. It might be right now. But something, crap's going to hit the fan. I guarantee it. But it's it's how we can respond and how we can show up after the shit hits the fan. I want you uh, to think about something real quick. if you're if you were have been an athlete at all at any point in your life, you might relate to this a little bit more. But if you weren't, still listen and still try to feel and imagine this. I want you to think back to when you were playing. And if you're still playing, think about your your current team and think about the most impactful player on that team. Who do you remember the most? Who is the one person on that team that you just remember, wow, he or she was a leader. I followed them. I look up to them. They inspire me. They motivate me. Who is that person? Who was the best teammate you've ever had? Why? Why were they that way? The number one person that comes to my mind is Peter Hannigan. I was a, I was a freshman. I was a freshman in, in, in high school and I made the varsity team as a freshman. I was starting second baseman. And I just, wow. I, uh, getting a little emotional thinking about it because, um, of the impact that he had on me. He was a senior, Peter. Um, uh, he was a center fielder and he took me under his wing almost immediately. And every day after school, before baseball practice, we'd go to the track. And we would practice our starts, our our stole, our our steals, like our stolen bases attempts, and and our first moves, and and we would work together. We would we grind together. And after after practice, um, he had a car, right? We would go out get some get some sandwiches, and we continue to talk strategy, leadership, and that relationship, that guidance, that leadership, brought me through in the entire my entire high school career and shaped me into the young man I was at the time without that person to hold me by the hand and walk me down the right path. This is how you're supposed to act. This is how you're supposed to treat others. This is how you lead. This is how you talk. I look up to him and, and I, you know, I, I read all, all those names before Colonel Sanders, Michael Jordan, JK Rowling, Henry Ford, Russell Brunson, Walt Disney, right? I'll read all these people. I'm like, yeah, okay, they're they're inspiring because they've overcome adversity. But when I look at who truly inspires me, I look at people like Trey Bryant, the UNH football player, the leader. I look at Peter and I think leader. And why were those leaders, why are all these leaders that I keep naming, why were they so incredible at what they do? And it comes back to overcoming adversity on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. I just want to leave you with this one last thought. What has been one thing in your life that you never achieved because you were afraid or you feared that failure? What is one thing in your life that you never achieved because you were afraid of failure? I want you to really feel that emotion. Think about that thing. Marinate in it. What's that one thing that you've set out to when you were a kid or a young adult or an adult that you have always wanted but it's potentially not possible anymore because you were afraid of failing. I want you to sit in that motion. I want you to feel it. And then I want you to do something about it. Take action. Make the comeback. Let that define you. Don't let that failure of action or inaction uh, define you move forward, take action, feel the emotions, enjoy the process, and let the comeback define who you are. I'll talk to you soon. Much love.